We live. Boys, I'm thinking we're back. We're fucking back. I'm thinking we're back. You know, I recall a stream last week, I think, where I said, I'm pretty sure we're back. And then uh, mm-hmm. and then I think that day is when, it, like, we dumped a little bit. It was, like, the only day we dumped a little bit. I'm like, we're so back, guys. So fucking it's gonna, back. It's going to take a lot of dumping to for us not to be back. I fudded, uh, I fudded Froggy out of uh, Generational Wealth Bag of Solana that week. <laughs> I don't know, but the the Bitcoin that Bitcoin looks good today, man. Like, obviously, ETH. Bitcoin looking good. ETH was ETH looking solid up. yesterday. Balls are like where they just were, though. Like balls are have fallen off, yeah. like from the top, which I think is wild, right? Like really, let's just look at Devol. It's like fifty eight. Like yeah, we went from thirty to fifty eight, but this is like where we've been all year. January, February, March was like. 75 or something that's when i made that bet with tolga only that 70s back now if we get back into this 70 80 um for the euros that's the 26 celsius (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't fucking know what's what's up mario what what's uh why 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 are numbers going up Everybody on Twitter wants to say Gamma Squeeze this, Gamma Squeeze that. Um, options Gamma are still D's. a small part. Gamma D's nets, you know? And options are still a small um, player in the whole ecosystem. But with uh, all this hopium on this ETF, it just seems like we're building ourselves up for, with, for uh, failure, right? We were saying this with uh, Ledger Prime PM last week on the, on the Marty show, the Marty Premium show. And it was just like, we could range vols here like 30 to 60, no problem. And price can do whatever. I'm, I'm all happy to have my spot bags go up, right? I'm all in for generational wealth and tomorrow Lambo, right? I told my wife uh, Bitcoin was close to 40K and she told me, so that means you're retiring soon or we're retiring soon. And I said, babe, you can't just leave the crypto market that fast. You know, like yeah, I'm here for a whole nother cycle and then I'm out. There's no leaving. They'll find something to do. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You're I'll never gonna create, really uh, out. You'll be managing yeah, just, a guy who's managing your bots. <laughs> it's kind of where I'm at now. <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna, you're just gonna hand the crown, pass down the crown. You're gonna move to a higher, a higher seat at the kingdom. Maybe yeah, I think it's time for a power. ski house. A ski house, bro. I'm just in for a ski house. That's my next toy. I just okay. need a bigger house. Everyone thinks I'm, I'm rich or something. They seem to forget that the NFT market was not house. kind. Yeah. To those well, his office is in his kitchen, home. to be fair. Dining room. It's in my dining room. Dining room. Dining room. Yeah. Mine's in the maid's yeah, room that I converted because I, I don't okay, want a maid. See, Marty has a maid room. I'm working out of my dining room. I have a corner yeah. that's dedicated to me. You know, my desk and everything, it's in the corner. They stay away from me. I block myself off with a green screen. And uh, Dude, I have you my just need a shed, screen. bro. You just go to Home Depot and get that fucking shed, you know, running there's Ethernet some, in the ground. <laughs> there's some really. You, affordable... you joked, but I did that to my garage. Oh, I'm not I joking, dude. Ground, I would do that. Garage. Yeah, of yeah, course. You have to run that wire. I somehow. have a finished basement. Like, I could, I could definitely, like, just be in my basement and be totally by myself. I could put up a wall if I wanted to on one side of it, make a little room. The problem is there's no sunlight there and like i i don't go outside as it is so like i need the sun and the way that my house is positioned the only place that i get 
like good sunlight is in my son's room, in the dining room, or like in a part of my living room. Uh, so I'm I'm left with very little options to like not completely become a you know internet dwelling computer hunched goblin. Yes, precisely. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully hopefully I move uh, this coming year. I feel like. I feel like uh, if Bripto keeps keeps on keeping, then I'll be fine. <laughs> Time to move. Yeah, I just want to sell to Larry Finkel at the top. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, that's kind of my play. I'll slang all the vol when the ETF launches or right around there. We'll see like the first week of flows. And if it's dead, then I'll just go down in history as the greatest vol seller of all time. And then I'll fucking dip out. I'm going to give myself the title and the belt. Nobody has to make it for me. I'll do it myself. It's like when you give yourself a nickname, you know, like you're just an asshole, right? So I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Fair I, enough. Uh, I gave myself the Philly B. Everyone always asks me if I gave myself like Coin Alchemist or Cozy or like what the reasoning. And Well, I mean, no, for I'm your pseudonym, that's a little different, right? Yeah. I you guess it would be. To... I guess I could choose that. But I didn't choose either of those. They were both given to me. Dude, there was a guy named VX Cozy playing in, don't get me wrong, guys, but Dubai or Saudi Arabia for a Street Fighter competition that was live, bro. And his name was VX Cozy. And I was like, yeah, but that's not the Cozy I know, you know? But he had the same name. But what character was he playing? Oh, I don't know, know, dude. They fucking change all the time, you know? Oh, you know God. that's my name across like every gaming platform, right? Dude, it could have been you then, bro. That's what you I'm know? saying. You had to tell me it, what, what character was he playing. <laughs> it might have been him, bro. His name was, but he was from like Hong Kong or something. So I was like, okay, well, well, I mean, you don't always like know watching where, those. Where VX Cozy is really from, do you? Dude, I don't even need to know. I'm on a need to know basis. You know, I'm not running the show here. I'm just the guest. <laughs> So you've got a hell of a hell of a Hong Kong accent. DK. <laughs> a little thick. Give us some updates on this Arbitrum uh, stuff going on. We spent a lot of time talking about the last few days, and it seems like... Yeah, I mean, we might as well close it out, a, dude, since it's the last day. We'll close today, yeah. Um. Yeah, so uh, Treasure... Get into the... Okay, go ahead. You, you, so you... Treasure, Treasure, I mean, it's been going back and forth, back and forth, and it, all the votes kind of end, I think, at... 1430 UTC, 1500 UTC. So pretty soon here. Um, and yeah, uh, the the consolidate, the the kind of like the service provider framework that uh, I had been working on and I had proposed is, let's take a look. I think it's like 180 something million for and like 460K against. So it's like 99.68 so I I I, I'm, I think it might pass in the next twenty minutes. I'm thinking I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good. Um, and uh, to kind of give more behind the scenes, but uh, so Joseph, uh, immutable lawyer, uh, one of the one of the community members within uh, the Arbitrum ecosystem, and I have been chatting with a bunch of auditors, um, security service providers. Uh, some in in traditional, just like regular conversation of like, hey, this is how we're doing it. We'll just keep you informed. And some of them 
have, you know, some concerns and, you know, just some, uh, maybe not recommendations, but, um, we had just been like, you know, is there anything we're missing as part of like a request for, uh, proposal type of, type of process. And it's, and it's, as Joseph has rightly pointed out, it's more of like a procurement process, right? Because we're not actually like picking winners and losers. We're just kind of facilitating, um, services as like, you know, uh, the payment process, the, you know, the, the ongoing audit that's happening, the making sure that, um, the, like the, uh, the service agreement is, you know, adequately, you know, done by all parties. It's kind of, that's going to be more of the process than our actual like RFP process, but nonetheless. Um, so just kind of meeting with them and making sure that we're covering uh, all our bases. We're putting that up to a open um, consultation period starting today. So I think that should be up in the next like hour or two after the proposal is done. But we have been essentially working behind the scenes with the intention that the proposal is going to, to pass so that we can continue to move fast on this. Right. So we'll do a seven day con open consultation period where anyone that we have not been in direct um, communication with can then come in and say, hey, this is the this is the kind of bare bones uh, application framework that we're looking at. Is there anything that you would change here from a service provider perspective? And so then. Um, we kind of got, uh, spoke with the foundation, the foundation has agreed to kind of cover some of the costs associated with like KYB and whatnot. Um, and so we can kind of start moving with at least the service provider onboarding, uh, you know, probably mid month, uh, towards the end of month. And then on the funding side of things and the, like project selection of like who actually gets these, these grants to, to spend on audits for their own projects, haven't really even thought about that kind of going through another mechanism through some other delegates that are kind of running point on that. And then hopefully we kind of converge, you know, towards end of month where I'm focusing on bringing in service providers and vendors, and they're working more on the funding and selection uh, criteria. And then hopefully we converge at the same time. So we got like multiple uh, uh, work streams in parallel. So that's looking good. Um, and then the other kind of proposal. I got a question there. This is only for auditing, right? This is grants for auditing in the arbitrary for now. Basis, right? Yes, correct. So the immediate That's a lot remit, of big words, you know, I was just breaking it down. Yeah. The immediate remit is for security services that include either a traditional transactional, like private audit which is between a project and a group of auditors. Sometimes it's, you know, two researchers on their end. Sometimes it's four researchers. Sometimes it takes eight weeks. Sometimes it takes four weeks based on availability, resourcing, costing, whatever. But essentially it's a private audit where they look over your code base. And then the competitive audits, which is the code for arenas, the Sherlock's, the code hawks, where you uh, typically pre-launch. So it's not like, you know, anything can be exploited in prod, but pre-launch, um, you have a group of, uh, individuals that based on the number of exploits that are found the you get a payout as an individual so then you can mm -hmm. get a lot of eyes looking at a project uh, which is you know the competitive audits work really well um, but they don't work if you're already in production because then you're just asking a bunch of people to look at your code um, uh, they do do private competitive audits but nonetheless so those are the two like immediate focuses yeah mm -hmm. Um, and because we just kind of restricted down our remit for the purpose of uh, just the speed and execution. However, like my grander vision um, is 
a wider, this is like this whole round table thing that I was kind of pushing beforehand, but uh, it kind of got pushed to the side uh, for now, but it's essentially all the different types of services that a project may need. And that includes oracles, like infrastructure costs, RPC costs, that includes um, data, uh, data providers, that includes like market making services. There's like a, a whole bunch of different services that you need to be a successful project uh, in blockchain and in uh, especially on a layer two. And so like auditing is obviously the most critical. And the last thing we want is projects, you know, launching with uh, poor quality audits or non-existent audits. And then, you know, people thinking that they're safe. We had one that was exploited that kind of didn't have the funding to do a proper audit. So they kind of went like the, the cheaper route with some like, I guess some like freelance guys. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how they did it, but they made some. Those guys hacked them. Could be. Oh man. They yeah, made when um, that happens and they cheap out. Come on, guys. Like I, I, I don't, I don't want to get too much into the weeds, but there are a, a few things that went wrong in, in that engagement and it wasn't, um, you know, specific, I think, to, to funding per se, but uh, that was one of the main factors. So we don't want that to, we don't want people to start launching projects at Arbitrum and then people are like, all oh, the projects in Arbitrum are not safe. So like, that's one thing we sure. want to get ahead of. And there was one that was exploited earlier this week. So it just kind of lit a fire uh, underneath us. So that's that. Uh, I would like to stand up two kind of working groups. One is to continue to choose the the product like vertical, uh, so like like I said, market makers, oracles, whatever, to continue to like you know on a biweekly basis or something kind of change the focus and start having discussions and then you know continue to move through this process so that we can then hand once the process is in like a onboarding framework is in is in good place then we can move on to the next uh, product type and then kind of hand that off to like a procurement group uh, that then administers this. Um, and uh, there's going to be a bunch of questions, I think, on the service provider side just during onboarding. Uh, so like, it's good to get that stood up and get that moving, because that's going to take a little bit of time. And then the we can, once we have that in place, then we, the the funding side of things can, can move relatively quickly. So that's, uh, that's the short on my stuff. And then the coalition vote, uh, is also closing in, I think, about 40 minutes, but that doesn't look like it's going to pass in its current shape. Um, so I think that just is, is more reason that we need to get this uh, service provider RFP framework uh, right. Um, because naturally, I think that, you know, people are going to be like, okay, well, the next logical progression of instead of having fixed service providers is to have an open service provider framework. Yeah, uh, and like, how do you then fill the gaps that you know, the other service providers that weren't covering security would fill, um, you know, in the new proposed framework, I guess would be probably a question that people have. Yeah. Um, Economic and, auditors, um, research. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, I, I don't know. I think there's still discussions on like, does it, what's the next steps for like the coalition type of, type of uh, initiative? Who knows? But and then the other thing is the back fund step, uh, but that still has like four days left. So who knows what goes on with that? But right now it's uh, overwhelmingly four. It's like twenty-four million four. But I'm unsure of if I mean at the rate that they're going, they'll probably reach quorum. 
And then maybe if we reach quorum, then we'll see some of the people come out of the woodwork that are not for this. Uh, but right now, I think that all the people that are kind of against it are ignoring it so it doesn't hit quorum. Now, the backfunding one would include the projects that made quorum for SIP by increasing the allocated amount to $75 million from $50 million. Is that correct? Yeah, roughly. I think 21 so 71 but yeah. Yeah, 71 And then they would all be included. And this is to... I guess, would this be to avoid a step round two? Or with if this were to pass, do you think that there's still a possibility that people are going to lobby for a round two step? I mean, someone's going to definitely lobby for a round two step. But um, I still, my opinion is we should wrap up, uh, wrap into one, the round two, as well as the ones that were not included in round one. And, and but the the issue that the delegates are having now is do they want to go through another hundred proposals <laughs> in like a one to two week time frame? All right, that's like that's up to you. Prim- you're the you're the you're the leader now. That's what I'm told. You're the I'm delegator. You're the delegator. Or. I'm not. You know the, the you know the unwritten rule, right, DK? Like <clears throat> if. Whether you are CEO or not, if enough people call you CEO and they respect you as CEO, I am who's the CEO? by far not the CEO. <laughs> it takes horny. He's CEO. the CEO, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 we, I get it. It's, it's, I, I get what we what we say with horny. Uh, horny is, in fact, the CEO, especially if there are any uh, outside three letter agencies that are looking for the CEO. It's definitely horny. Um, definitely be horny. Yep, definitely be horny. Um, I can send you his, his, his private address and, and name if you need it. Um, we did this at Urbit a long time ago. We we memed one of their, like, I don't even know if he was the CTO. He might have been the CTO of, like, Talon at the time or was working on the design team. But he was really well-respected in the early days. So we memed him as being – no, we memed him to being the CTO. That's what it was. And our reasoning was, you know, if everyone – respects you as a CTO and they call you the CTO, then who's really the CTO, right? And uh, <laughs> it ruffled some feathers initially, but they they thought it was funny <laughs> by the end. <laughs> yeah, all those people, the, the three letters, all three letter things are pretty bad, you know? I'm like the agencies, the C letter, ass, ass is a good one, so I'm sorry. But, ass, you know. gif. <laughs> okay, so we've got that covers uh, RFP coalition uh, backfunding, and then there's also a staking one. What is kind of the general consensus? What's that looking like? Because it seems like um, there's pretty split feelings on the staking proposal. I don't know. Um, I think they're spending a few days in reflection um, and because that one got the most media attention, uh, whether it be correct or incorrect media attention. Um, a lot of media said that it was like a go, right? Like it was done. It was going to happen. Um, but there's, I mean, it was, there's a lot more that needs to go behind, uh, to go on behind the scenes before that kind of gets yeah. pushed forward. Like it's on snapshot. Getting, it's going it's like no <laughs> smart contracts. There's like nothing, right? <laughs> It's Snapshot still like months mode. away it's from live, happening. Boys. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, and so all the media outlets were like, "Staking on Arbitrum is a go," <laughs> like it was going to happen tomorrow. Um, no, yeah, that, that, that still, that, I think they're they're kind of figuring out. Uh, uh, Plutus is kind of leading that, uh, and so uh, I think they're kind of working out now. Like, okay, let's look at the economics more in detail. Let's look at like who would be doing the shared ownership of the smart contracts. Uh, there's like a lot that needs to go into it right now. I think we're still very, like very, uh, at least three to six months probably until we have something like this. And outside of kind of being a sink, like what are the other uses that are kind of being proposed for this staking module or feature? Say again? Over there. <clears throat> What are what are the proposed uses for like the arbitrum staking? Like, you Good know, question. For, for for many you know networks, it's to secure the network, it's to secure a node, it's to you know there's usually some type of uh, uh, you know security angle that's being played um, or governance angle that's being played when uh, you bring staking into the mix. So like, what are, what, what is kind of the uh, thesis for why Arbitrum needs staking that's been put forward thus far? You're gonna make me, uh, what's it called, strongman? <laughs> you know, that's what the term is called, right, strongman? I'm not trying to, I literally have no idea. I, the staking one I hadn't followed really at all. Uh, I was more interested in like the RFP coalition stuff and I was like doing a lot of research into like what Blockworks has done in the past, like who they are outside of the name that I see at all the conferences, uh, looking more into, like I, I spent a good amount of time looking into who the service providers were. So the staking thing, I, I gotta be honest, I wasn't like really taking too seriously. And then I saw a lot of, um, a lot of public attention on it. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, definitely not trying to strongman you into giving any kind of uh, specific response. I'm more just wondering like, you know, what the talks have been, what, what you know, kind of the, the idea behind introducing staking is. Um, you said Plutus is leading it, so that kind of makes sense. You know, their, their protocol is a, is a governance vacuum, you could say. Um, Yeah, I mean, so my, I don't think personally that it makes sense in its current shape because in its current shape, it was mostly a voting escrow model for Arbitrum, right? And whether or not it was funded from the 3 billion that exists in the DAO like ecosystem fund, or if we create a 2% inflation uh, was still up in the air. However, I think that like in principle, I am of the opinion that there are plenty of ways that you can use your Arbitrum tokens today on Arbitrum to generate yield, to lend against, to like tons of things, right? You can use them on our platform and, and uh, sell covered calls against them. And so I don't think that there's an, a need for 
another option where if you lock your tokens up for longer, then you receive more Arbitrum, right? Just like a, an admission. I think that something like that would make more sense if you got sequencer fees, right? And so like the sequencer fees actually go to the DAO. So I think they have something like 2000 ETH or something already in there, 1200 ETH or something. Um, so like getting paid in Arbitrum doesn't make sense, but maybe getting paid in, in the sequencer fees that, that are being accrued there makes sense. And so then you get this, like, you know, this, this, this mechanism that, that kind of makes more sense to me. But uh, other than that, the, the argument is, you know, to bring additional utility to holding the Arbitrum tokens. And I think that there's plenty of utility within the, the project ecosystem. So. But don't you feel like it's just another tool in the toolbox? Like it's just another instrument to trade or to lock up your tokens. It's just another. Yeah option it's not like we advocates. don't need it let's say you it might be stupid to have it want, but you don't have to have it i i, I could say this like uh uh in a argument for it <clears throat> let's say that you are uh you know you want exposure to arbitrum you want to uh you're extremely bullish on you know arbitrum as a, a long-term investment um but you don't want to be exposed to any other third-party protocol risks, yet you would like a way to, you know, earn more Arbitrum. So in those cases where... Okay, are, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do the steel man. Risk averse. Steel man was the term. Mm. Um, okay, so the steel man being that natively, the Arbitrum ecosystem has a functionality in which that you can utilize your arm, Arbitrum for long-term... Um, like directional bias, like long-term uh, synergy, uh, and the, yeah. the voting escrow model has showed to be you know pretty pretty good in that regard. And then also, if you, I'm not saying this would happen, but another thing that you could do is you have maybe additional voting power by by locking up, um, yeah, and yeah. so that you're you're continuing to get paid in the arbitrum token in which that you have long-term alignment with. You're obviously taking yours that supply off the market, and so like. It, like from that perspective, makes sense, right? And you don't want to take that third-party risk. Uh, you have something that is uh, maybe perceived as less risky from like a smart contract risk, and you get to align yourself with the like the ethos of the Arbitrum ecosystem. You're so, a purist, an Arbitrum purist. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing is, I'll give you another mm -hmm. argument. You know, we talked about this briefly uh, last week, but for someone like me, right, who's like really interested in being, you know, pretty involved, but did not take the time to lobby uh, to be a delegate in the beginning, it's very, very difficult to get existing delegated votes to switch to someone else. It's also very hard um, on the economic side to acquire enough uh influence to be considered you know a respected or serious like player in arbitrum so allowing a model in which i can earn more arbitrum without being exposed to any of the third party protocol risk uh is a way that someone like myself could long-term align with arbitrum have more voting power and influence 
and that that also is like a, a catalyst to get more um delegate you know votes like if someone like me signals like yeah i just you know market bought 200k and i locked it for four years um and i go on like a big lobbying thing it might catch some eyes so like there's an argument to be made that like someone who's uh who didn't have the advantage or you know i don't want to say advantage right who didn't who didn't like take advantage of the opportunity to uh position themselves in the very beginning it gives them an avenue to uh with less risk quote unquote to uh acquire some of that delegate power yeah fair um there's actually uh Cadden from CLADAM is actually has a few different ideas out there i think uh disruption joe has a few different ideas out there too that have not quite reached like snapshot but are kind of early stage but exploring like this different avenues right so one of them is around like either paying delegates to you know perform value-added tasks right because right now like we have a reason to be involved with this because we're a project building on arbitrum we have you know the most to gain and the most to lose however there are some large delegates that maybe don't have that same you know, a uh, 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 bet, I guess, right? So they're, they're kind of just acting as a neutral third party who is in a, in best position to make like educated educated decisions. Um, yeah. And so, going through a hundred proposals in a two week period is like pretty much a full time job. If you were to do that, look at them in detail and, and and compare them against each other and and do like the proper proper due diligence, especially if you are not keen or acquainted with all of these 100 projects right in which i can't say that you know even us i'd say that there were probably half the projects that i was maybe aware of but not to the intricate nature of the other 50 but uh, there were probably at least 20 that i had just never even heard of right um and so i get that part and so some of the things that looking into like the paid delegate positions is maybe we do with a trial of like three different tiers based on different levels of arbitrum that you have delegated to you uh these are paid positions and then also as part of this is that you have a certain amount of arbitrum that you have locked up um essentially an escrow uh kind of kind of signaling your dedication to the space um as an individual and so this like pledge excuse me <coughs> sorry um this uh this uh it makes sense to me to do this like sort of held an escrow kind of model um and then if you were to do anything that was in poor taste and maybe you get slashed like but at least yeah. you can show your commitment and then get yourself in front of other uh, uh, you know, other people that you know, have varying levels of delegation, but then maybe they'll see that you're making a, a value add and an impact into the group, and then other people will continue to delegate to you uh, going forward, right? And I think that this is like a pretty opportune time. This the stip period is a pretty opportune time to kind of gain some of that, um, you know, outsized uh, uh, capture of the 50 million new tokens that are going to be coming into the market. And so there's a, yeah, there's a few different models on how that kind of works, but I think that that is a good like first step of, of creating a process in which that redelegation can happen because historically redelegation is non-existent in all of like web three and all of crypto. Yeah. 
So this would be the first like successful redelegation. Um, Optimism has their badge holders. You know, the, the, those are paid positions. Um, that is kind of like they're, they're kind of the stewards. Um, I think their delegates to a certain regard are, are paid as well. Um, there's like a, a few different models on the, you know, paying to continue to, to work in the ecosystem. And then the expectation is that you're like slowly growing your, your economic interests as well into the group. Um, and then if you need to sell to, you know, if you're spending so much time doing this, then, you know, you probably have to pay, uh, you know, you'll need some sort of income to pay for your you know, real world costs, your normie costs. So that makes sense. Um, and then again, at least gives you a pla- gives you know additional people platforms that they may not have today. So uh, I think they're to trying to solve for it, yeah. but like the there's a shit ton going on in Arbitrum land, dude. It's it's a it's 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 fun and a circus at the same time. It's a new frontier, the Wild West. Look, I'm, I don't want to call them out. Some of the homies are. Are bearish mid long term arbitrum. I'm gonna have to take the opposite side of that that coin. I I, I can't just sell I, me all your arbitrum at three dollars or whatever it is and fuck off. Yeah, maybe not three because right, right now it's like a dollar fifteen. Yeah, but, one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sell me all your arbitrum Same. at eighty ninety nine Yeah. <laughs> the reason that people I think are bearish is because we're about to have like a one billion unlock in five months in March. Bullish unlocks. Bullish unlocks. Yeah. Come on, guys. Bullish unlock season. They yeah. they weren't around last time. They don't know about the bullish unlock. Yeah, it's not yeah, like it's new, guys. You can read about it on Wikipedia. Yeah, just just Google search bullish unlock. But uh, <laughs> I think let's 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 double check this. But when I was looking the other day, yeah, it did fucking. Arbitrum's doing like like three quarters of a bill in volume a day. So, yeah, they're at seven ninety five for today. Um, so they're putting up some good good volume numbers. That's for sure. Yes. So, who knows? I I mean I don't think that all one billion is going to sell. Um, and maybe over time, if you have continuous, like, you know, if you get like a Uniswap type of type of functionality where it's all net extraction, then there's no reason to hold the token. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, if you got if you think about it, the market cap right now is 1.4 fully diluted is 11. Um, you know, Ethereum is what fully diluted 250. And that's not ultrasound money, you know. You can't, you can't. I think Arbitrum has a new like narrative, right? (laughs) People are now coming to Arbitrum to build, build cool shit and work on cool shit. And uh, there's a lively community over here on Arbitrum that I think uh, a lot of people are missing out on. Like, I don't know. I say this every fucking time. I don't know one optimism dev, not one. I know the guys that, uh, at Lyra and the uh, Aerodrome guy or Velodrome guys, um, there there's no like shortage of good developers on Optimism. Um, I think it's more. I I really think it was more like the uh, <clears throat> the initial like catalyst of builders like, and the way they kind of set it up. So w- we talked about it before, but in the very beginning, 
Uh, Arbitrum was just open to build on. With Optimism, there was like a whitelisting process. You kind of had to get approved to get on Testnet and start doing things. So it wasn't as, uh, it was a bit more cumbersome than, you know, just getting set up and deploying on Arbitrum. I think that caused a lot of newer DeFi projects and a lot of the ones that were kind of in the like ideation stage to choose Arbitrum. And now you have, it seems as if you have uh, significantly more DeFi focused projects that are on Arbitrum, um, or at least they get more attention uh, on Arbitrum. And I think it, it largely stems from, you know, the very beginning. And even though that we sometimes um, have not qualms, but maybe maybe complaints um, about uh, support as projects uh, on Arbitrum. Uh, and, and I wouldn't necessarily even say they're complaints. It's more of like, you know, a lot of projects like ourselves are just needy and right. <laughs> not giving us all the need that we want, all the attention that we're looking for. Um, the amount of attention that the off-chain uh, labs group and the access that you get is 10x what you get on optimism right like they weren't they weren't like optimism wasn't trying to to help you out wasn't trying to support you wasn't like you know and and i can tell you from like the governance process of when we went through that optimism grant uh last year was like i did all of the 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 stuff on their forums i did the proposal on their forums and it was pretty much only communication on their forums and then like the communication that i have with the, in terms of like the the optimism foundation or dow uh, representatives were all pretty like super transactional and difficult to get a hold of and sometimes i would like ask questions and i'd be like weeks or if no response at all and then they only would reach out to me if they needed something from me and there's like no support there really right and so Whereas the uh, Arbitrum ecosystem is completely different. Like uh, the the builder the builder cohort is we're like super. Um, what's the right word? We're like we're like this is our this is our land. Like this is our this is our tribe. And so like we're super defensive. We we join together. We're super supportive of each other. Um, and we have access to off chain and foundation people as you know as much and as little as as we want um we're not ignored and so i think that's just like from a from a feeling wanted perspective it's completely night and day right so that was our experience at least i don't know if you're like a a large-scale project uh and you get like whatever you want um on optimism if you're open c or coinbase it's a bit different <laughs> Your little yeah, but, I mean, who's going to be the next big, you know, group building in your space, right? Like, yeah, I don't you shouldn't, you shouldn't you. pick favorites and ignore them until they've reached a, a critical mass because they're not going to reach critical mass there because they feel neglected by you, right? It's, it's a pretty simple, um, yeah. you don't want to just relationship don't manage, uh, management. It's super simple. Yeah, they're just giving nothing and taking everything. They, well, they just don't well, care like, about you, right? And they're like, why should I build here then? Yeah, it's like uh, taking care of the pre-established unicorns because, you know, like that is, <clears throat> those are the names, you know. I've, I've kind of talked about that before. Like, you know, a lot of people from the outside will will just see the names that they respect. So they think like, oh, yeah, that was a good thing. 
Um, this was a good deal, you know, for them to make. Look at this huge project they're they're partnering with. But like, uh, we'll say OpenSea for instance. Like OpenSea has been like uh, kind of the butt of the joke for a long time because they uh, seem to do everything opposite of what their users want and like could give two shits about the people that are using their platform. Coming. Yeah, I think they, I mean they're focused on their larger, right? They're yeah, focused like they on the, yeah, the tons of my accounts. I fucking hate OpenSea. <laughs> I mean, they just laid off 50% of their staff, dude. Is anyone left over there? I don't know. Yeah. Is this uh, thing on? They, they, if you can hear us, call us, you know? <laughs> they clearly don't want people trading there anymore. They, I have the, the last uh, account of mine that they banned has, like, done nothing but trade nfts uh never like interacted with tornado pre uh sanction stuff never like did anything you know uh that could be misconstrued as but you just sold you sold too fast so they didn't like you that that's a hundred percent what happened i was you made the price like, go down and they make less money if the price go down so they don't like it uh, i was done yeah. holding a ton of nfts i was like you know what i only want the ones that are like for sure high value that are like not going anywhere. So I sold like 95% of my NFTs. And when I was doing it that day, I was just accepting bids. Like I just did not care. I'm like, oh, how close to, to floor is it? Oh, within 10%. All right, cool, accept. And uh, I sold a good amount of NFT, like, you know, value wise. And I refreshed the page after like doing some work and it said I was, I was blocked. And uh, they they weren't gonna unlock my account unless I KYC'd with them. So I just had to use other <laughs> other NFTs. Oh, is that because they're like a fucking honeypot? Like, is yeah, it because totally like if you do pot, over yep. if you do over whatever I don't know, 150, whatever whatever number it is. Oh, this could be you know washing some funds. Is that kind of what where they're coming from, or are they just? I definitely you know, think idiots. That what I think. What I think is that one they're of gonna two things. They're going to report to the IRS. That's one of them. And the other one being that the way that I was selling NFTs is like uh, the activity that they saw on chain is very parallel to if someone were to have been exploited, right? Because I was just like mass accepting bids. Um, so unfortunately, I because exploited of, myself. Yeah. Unfortunately, because of the board apes. He was rage um, selling. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I literally was rage selling. I was just like, God, I fucking hate all these things. And I was just slamming slamming the bid button or slamming the accept button. Um, Yeah, so like it, I, I'd understand if they outlined that it was, uh, you know, due to activity that seemed as if uh, I'd been exploited. But uh, they wouldn't give me like a reason. They wouldn't tell me like what the... Uh, what was suspicious about the activity, or what was unusual about the activity? Um, refused. What do to they go think they detail. are? A bank can't just shut down accounts without giving reason. Right. But I do want to talk about the uh, Coinbase KYC. Uh, I think they referred to it as attestation yesterday. Did you guys see this? Mm. No. no. Tell no, me no, about no. it. What happened? I don't okay. trade on that shite. So, attestation is something that's been pushed in the optimism community quite significantly essentially oh, it is I saw that this. 
Go ahead, though. Yep. Yeah, it's essentially that you can, it's just a a way on chain to attest something, right? And so Mm -hmm. the EAS, which is like Ethereum attestation station or whatever, has its own optimism thing. It's, it's essentially a way that a wallet can, can uh, like sign something, right? A a formal payload Mm -hmm. that says something, right? And you can say like, you know, Marty and I met in real life and we both attest to it. And then it's on chain that we met in real life and you have that on chain, whatever. Right. And so those are like the little cute, cutesy things that you can do with attestation. And mm-hmm. what Coinbase released yesterday is they allow you to link your Coinbase KYC exchange account to your DeFi wallets. So it will do it will say that you have been KYC. And it will say your country of domicile when you attest. So essentially what it's created is a on-chain KYC system that they're like, you know, when you attest, you'll have access to exclusive things on, on base chain. And we're like, hmm, this just sounds like KYC. It just sounds like you're KYCing me. Yeah, um, let's give you some incentive to give your eyeball. Let's give you fucking $40. Let's go to all the third world countries and pay everybody $20 to get scans of their eyeballs. It's like the world coin shit. Yeah, it's just this fucking OFAC shit. We've been talking about for a while. It's Vinny not, Lingham is absolutely seething right now. <laughs> Dude, I, I saw this and I was like, exclusive access? I'm like, what? His OnlyFans <laughs> for is that fucking Brian Armstrong? Do you know who Vinny Lingham is? He, uh, is that the cowboy guy? No, nah, he... Um, I, I want to say he might be South African, but he um, founded a protocol back in like the ICO days called Civic. And uh, Civic was all about um, like on-chain identity document verification. So you could create the Civic ID that had like, you know, your your passport or your license, you know, your personal identification and medical information, uh, whatever it may be. And uh, you could selectively choose, you know, which of that information you shared with different vendors or third parties. Got it. Uh, so one of the use cases that they were showcasing back in the day was a, a, a like liquor vending machine, right? Or like cigarette vending machine. Um, how now you could pay, you know, with your phone, with crypto, using your civic ID. They could verify your age, you know, at the time of you purchasing. Fucking take um, your mom's phone, dude. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, you like take your mom's <laughs> phone and scan her face you know real quick um <laughs> to, to, that's how they solve it in china and just do facial recognition yeah yeah i'm but, all you know, for he, it dude. he was it. he was all this was his thing you know this uh on-chain um id verification that was like his thing fucking five years ago and i don't know what he's working on now but uh i don't, I don't think civic's alive anymore no, i mean it's the same thing that fractal does this is the same process that we had to do to get the arbitrum grant right is we did KYB, know your business, and we did all of this documentation and um, like uh, KYC at the UBO level and director level and multi-sig uh, signer level. And oh, I know your bitches. And uh, essentially we released that information. Uh, we can choose who has access to that. And so you release it to uh, Arbitrum Foundation. Um, Arbitrum Foundation is actually a lot more uh, like uh, traditional business than uh, the optimism uh, side of things, which is interesting. But I mean, do what you got to do. And so 
that's how Fractal works. And like this service provider framework that I'm working on is going to have to go through that Fractal process as well. So we're about to see some like real DID uh, 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 use cases, right? Because like it's been it's been bullish on DID for a while, but I don't think there's really been any real uh, need for it. And most people have been kind of opposed to it if you unless you have to uh, with some of the Uniswap uh, stuff. And with what you see Coinbase doing, um, is that the but where future? Does this end? Yeah, where does this end? Where does this end? I don't know. Like, I don't see, know. Marty, like, that's my that's you, my you angle. Can't... You know, I I hate yeah. giving. I hate that we give them these inches, right? And like we celebrate it, and everyone's like, "Oh, look at this cool thing they're doing!" Like, no, 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 turns no. into a foot. I'm, yeah, like where I I miss, and I need to know where where all of the like did all the all the true crypto people did they leave after last cycle like. No, they we got just murdered. have all these like institutional, like uh, <laughs> traditional, like I, I just don't know where all of these like where all of these regulation loving, like bootlicking, uh, redacteds showed up from, got into positions of power, and are now like pushing that we need KYB for everything. That like like this is fucking crypto. Well, I'm not supposed to. Um, I'm, I'm, the the whole point of this was to build a system outside of what existed before, like and now yeah, we're they're gonna blame it systems. on something dumb. They're gonna blame it on oh North Korea or the, they were like trying to say like oh Hamas funneled like I don't know like a couple hundred grand or something and I was like yeah, that's Nick like Carter two missiles bro tirade. that's like two fucking missiles bro like who well, cares about two hundred grand what like, about how did the trucks millions. come through? How do all the tools come through? How do all that shit, you know, get get through this, uh, you know, su- supposedly, you know, protected or exiled community or country? It's just like super lame. I- I'm I'm totally in to give something. There has to be a, some middle, but it's not like, oh, here's my address, here's my social security or my tax ID here in Brazil. There already is. Like, a there middle. has to be when it when the money the is exchanged. And it comes to my bank, I have to pay taxes on that. That is middle, middle ground. Yeah, I, I don't think the KYC, like the on the individual ground. level, I'm like, yeah, what is too far? But if you're doing a B2B relationship, then I'm more okay with it. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I, go and find out who fucking owns the Cayman company, you know? Go find out who yeah, owns yeah, a Cayman yeah. company. Yeah, yeah, good luck, right? But yeah, like personal, I don't, I don't know. I live in this weird world where here in Brazil, it's all open and free to trade. And they, they, if you change, if you trade on an exchange, they already know how much you owe. Unlike the IRS is like, kind of figure it out. You know, you have to figure it out on yourself. They, they know, know, but what you, you have to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, but they you have to figure to it out. If you. you're wrong, and if you're wrong, then you get in trouble. Yeah, that's a little silly, right? Um, yeah, I, I live here and we're pretty open. Like, I don't know. We have like, I think I said earlier, we have the social security number, but it's not as private. We use it for like phone numbers and, and grocery store discounts and you know all this shit. And I'm totally okay with getting that out, right? I don't care. Nobody's going to open up a credit card in my name with that info. I'm totally, but like, I don't know. Sometimes I just want to fucking sling some balls, you know? And I don't know if I wanted to donate to some charity or some cause, I don't want a fucking name attached to that, you know? That that's kind of where yeah. I am. Like if I donated to something, I don't want my name attached to that donation yeah, I, or base or that's why I don't a, have an e-mask or anything. 
I had to find out a, you know, a roundabout way to do some donations in my area. And, like, you know, you just, like, um, you know, there are, there are for ways. For me, it's better just to send a like, fucking wire. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's, it's way easier to do that in theory. But depending on the size of it, you know, then the bank may decide that it's too much money for you to be sending. Or they don't know who you sent it to. So now they're holding your money for two weeks. Well, they they do all their checks. My my issue. Well, no, while is they like, co while they collect interest um, on it. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, if we if we um, if we go with the the belief, which is true, that uh, income tax is illegal, um, <laughs> and that it's voluntary, <laughs> then I should be able to choose like what I'm paying for, how much tax. Dude, just I move get. to Argentina, bro. And and Nobody that's why taxes. I believe that. Well, that's why I believe that the middle ground is that I'm agreeing to pay tax on this, right? Like, I shouldn't have to do anything else. If, if I'm paying you some tax on the money that I'm making, and I pay more than the amount that I should uh, personally, then, like, I shouldn't have to do anything else. There shouldn't be any other fucking, like, hurdles that I have to go through. I've already submitted to doing something for you. And, uh, like, bending our system over backwards just so it can work better with some archaic uh uh institutional system that fucking 85 year old people who are like decrepit and and rotting in their seats are still running yeah like i'm i'm okay with that i'm yeah i think i'm anti coinbase being a publicly listed company and then offering this product i, I you know maybe i'm an idiot and i didn't read into it if it's international only and not us but my my first initial thoughts are i'm against a U.S. listed company offering on-chain KYC to get OnlyFans perks on base. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to put it into a run-on sentence. Yeah, that's my rant. I'm I'm very, uh, we'll say, libertarian at heart when it comes to like my my personal freedoms, taxes, and stuff like that. So I'm not a libertarian I, when it comes to my Amex. You know, like. I need to still pay bills, you know, but I'm totally free and open and totally into privacy in terms of financial privacy. Like I could never live in fucking, where's that Sweden where your tax records yeah. are public. Yeah. I could never do yeah, that. Yeah. That's Fuck insane. That. That's insanity. Yeah. No. Did we talk about that uh, earlier in the week about what had happened to those guys? Okay. I, I read a little blip about it in Sweden. They got fucking robbed yeah. because all their public, all their taxes are public. It's just go online with their name. Yeah, it's happened a few times. Yeah. And what it is is like a lot of times they're uh, in the past and this recent one, they've been podcasters or YouTubers that have shows and they talk about Bitcoin and crypto. And uh, exactly what Marty said, because their address and tax records are public, uh, anyone can then go and see them and go, oh, they have a Bitcoin podcast. I wonder how much tax they paid last year and what you know neighborhood they live in. Oh, they live in a nice neighborhood. They paid a good amount of tax. They probably have a lot I of money. Show up. And uh, and yeah, they've been like you know tying them up, beating people, you know, to make them give them their their coins. And uh, that that is like a, a like real life example of why I've been such a proponent for uh, pseudo anonymity or just anonymity when you work in this industry, like. Uh, you know, when you look at, well, we'll look at America, right? We're like the majority of, at least like the outside world, like sees that like we're burning. 
uh, that that society is falling, right? So, like, if you feel that uh, society has fallen or is falling, why the hell would you want the people who are struggling to pay, you know, their their rent, who are on their second mortgage, who who can't drive because the car that they've had for the last ten years broke down and they can't pay to fix it? Why do you want them knowing that you just sold two monkey pictures for hundreds of thousands of dollars? Like, I just like, I can't fathom why anyone would want that public and out there or to want people to know that like they are the person that did that. It's just like, I don't know, you, I think like you've been sheltered or you don't know what the real world's like if those are activities. Yeah, we put people in suitcases out here, you know, like those are due to Argentina. No, I, I don't think, think what you're arguing is contentious. Oh, thanks. I don't, I don't think anyone does want those things public. No, of course they don't want those things, but a lot of people don't think that it's an issue. They don't think, they think nobody's going to come for me. Nobody's going to come find me. Like there, there are 10,000 bored apes in the public. Why would anyone come for me? Because they know oh, I ran all them. those scenarios through my head already, bro. Already. Dude, I, I, I know of people that, you know, for a thousand dollars would come for people, you know, like it's the, they're oh, disillusioned less. if they think that, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and you being an easy target isn't appetizing to, to people in your area. People are just um, dumb, bro. Can't fix stupid, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I shared a tweet of some, uh, it was like an NBC reporter quote tweeting like a CNPC person. And it was like, you know, something about, uh, some high percentage of millennials had like over a hundred thousand in savings. And this guy, this NBC reporter, like quoted it, like where, you know, if I knew any of my friends had close to a hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> I would rob them myself, you know? And like, he may be joking, right? Like he may be, he may be a joke, but that is the reality of it. There are plenty of people with normal jobs that aren't like hurting the way you think that someone needs to be hurting to come and take money from you. And like they're gonna come do it because you don't know anyone's personal situation. You don't know if their mom just got you know uh, some rare kind of cancer and you know they can't afford any treatments or insurance isn't gonna cover it, and they need People that. People get desperate, bro, fast. Yeah, you have you have no idea like what desperation will do to a a human. Um, so yeah, I've I've always been like oh, what uh, a human would do for an ape. You don't know that desperation. Yeah, yeah, it's that's just always been my argument uh, when people are when people try to put that. Oh well, you're a, you're anonymous or you're pseudonymous because you're doing something wrong. And it's like you're not doing anything wrong. You you're doing what anyone who you know is dealing with uh, any significant amount of money should be doing if they're interacting with strangers on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I like going outside and nobody knows who I am. You know, like I can just walk around and, and like nobody gives a fuck about me. Right. And if I have to go outside and somebody's like, oh, that's so and so. Or even if they're like, hey, can I take a picture? No, that's the greatest not. ball seller of 23. Marty. Yeah. Didn't you know? Yeah, I'm out. I'll, I'll gladly meet anybody in person. I'll gladly show Brazil. up to events. <laughs> <laughs> no, like there's some conferences and there's some things and I go as myself. You know, I don't introduce as the the crypto crypto persona right but then some people put it together right um the hats or whatever right some people put it together and that's totally okay i have no problem signing documents i have no problem you know K kyb that's totally okay for me but i'm good totally. showing my face yeah no problem i'm good sorry not sorry yeah, yeah. I 
I'm with you, DK. Like the B2B stuff, I've never really had a problem with. For me, it's always just like the, on that, it's more of like the retention. Like where is this going? Who's holding it? Uh, you know, where is the... Dude, my, I had my lawyer was like, <laughs> send me an email with you and your face. Or you, your face, of course it's you. Your face next to your passport. And I was like, dude, I'm not doing that. I'll video you. <laughs> Something like this, but I'm not sending it in a fucking email, unsecured email. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. Anyways. <laughs> Welcome they're, to the show. They're, Welcome they're to the used garden. to their 70 year old they're used to their 65, 70 year old counterparties, you know, who who are just now in tune with, you know, email as a, as a part of their workflow, emailing them everything. Dude, my no grandma facts, still has Martin. AOL. She no still has faxing. AOL, bro. They're emailing now. Oh, dude, somebody did want me to fax something. Uh, I know you're talking about. Dude, we still where, have. Where, am um, I, where? where do one I get of our, uh, One of our legal entities still requires that we send all like original documents, even if like the original document is signed via DocuSign. So like, <laughs> so yeah, uh, like a lawyer, I think like prints the documents and then sends. Oh, there's them boxes. To- yeah, like all this court. White House shit, right? I don't know. Let's just, you know, like Trump brought documents to his house or Biden brought documents. Why, bro? Just get that motherfucker an iPad, bro. Put Does they have an iPad for that stuff? Yeah. Put it locally. Put it on the cloud. The White House doesn't have the White House cloud. Come on. I mean, we got old timers. I don't know if they can even read screens, dude. Let's be honest. I really don't know. I mean, yeah, look at the yeah. guy that you're expecting to retrieve things from the cloud. He can't even, you know. <laughs> He can't even walk himself. Doesn't even know where he is, bro. He's he's out there yelling at the cloud all day. (laughs) Yeah, he's in the clouds, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So the cloud—it's cloudy up there. How's the weather? Oh, I can't find. (laughs) Fucking idiot! Last thing I want to touch on before we before we close this out, Marty. What are your thoughts on this BlackRock ETF filing? It sparked some panic. It's all another tool. It's all another tool to trade. I know you hate ETF uh, talk, but the the Soylana Manlets got a little taste of their own medicine with uh, with ETH coming back. They were they were not thinking ETH. I think Solana ETF is next. No, I just think you're gonna get all of these. um, Let's just let's just keep it in keep it simple. CMEs lists other futures. Then you have other futures products listed. Then somebody comes along and is like, oh, we're going to need a fucking Soylana spot ETF. It's just going to be more tools in the toolbox that allow more people to access the ecosystem, which I'm all good for. What I'm not good for is fucking Coinbase putting their link in their bio for fucking base you know, perks. I'm good with all that. I'm totally cool for everybody to have more access to trade these products. I think it's great. Um, for the current time being, it seems a little too hyped. Uh, I'm gladly, I'm, I'll gladly trade 30 to 40 than whatever the fuck we were doing the last couple months. People keep forgetting we're up like 100 something, 120% or something on the year, and people's portfolios are at all time lows. So um, I still feel those people have to fucking FOMO in. If any, any more dry powder that they have, they're going to come in. Um, I, I think we have to see the real flows after the ETF launch or ETFs launch, depending on timing. Of course, it's going to be opium in the beginning. When we when we actually see the real flows, we'll see if this is a product that people actually want to fucking trade. 
I feel traded in, in, in hype cycles, you know, risk assets. Sure. But will they continue to trade it? And will it be just, uh, I don't know. Oh, we're going to see in their filings. Oh, this fund bought this ETF. I'm just waiting for those fucking threaditors to come out. Didn't you see that every fund has blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Adam, well, let's see Adam the real flows. And, and himself. Yeah, God, that Adam guy just fucking coming in his pants. Like, we'll see the real flows, and I'm all good after we see the flows. Until then, uh, just ride the wave. And uh, the earliest we'll really see that is what, like, January is what I'm hearing. Galaxy said January. Well, well, January is yeah. I still hold true. We've been talking about this for like five months. I still hold (laughs) true. I think that 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 January is when it gets approved. The ETH thing is interesting because do they approve? Oh, ETH is different. But yeah, the the ETF approved in January. But when we see it, if it's hitting balance sheets or not, would probably be the first quarterly, right? So like, yeah, like April. And then then you have something interesting there that uh, options start getting put up on these tickers so that will be interesting flows to watch mm-hmm. um yeah that will that will all be very interesting to watch um i, I don't know do we hit 50 do we hit 100k i sure great i'll fuck off if we hit 100k but i don't know it just feels like we're building into something not not amazing if we get 100k with, i'll have a medium-sized house <laughs> just gonna resume, you, man. you get a fucking whatever you want no, like you're seeing vol handles like 50s, 60s. That's not anything crazy. Like 70s, 80s would be better. You know, we start getting into 100s. Like that's when shit's fucking going off. Like you would think that we'd be higher, but shit's not going off, you know? Like I got to look at, at realized vol, but I think it's like 10 handles under or something. Last time I looked last night, like, I don't know. The basis trade is coming back. All this froth is now coming back. I'm all for it. Let's ride the fucking wave. But fuck with fucking devols. Devols just have fucking 50s and 60s. Like you'd think we're fucking be at 90k tomorrow, and we're not. You need to stop writing call options. I play that much. (sighs) Yeah, much calls actually. I actually started (laughs) nibbling. I had a. I had this butterfly that hit in October and October. That was a 10x. I had some call spreads yesterday, or like I've been buying these, right? But I closed them out yesterday for my December. I think I'm pretty much done for the year, bro. I got to go to like my mother-in-law's house. I got to be traveling. I got to, you know, this this fucking window in my house still isn't fixed, Cozy. It's been fucking three weeks. or still haven't fixed that shit. You know, I, I have some real life priorities. And I'm pretty much out. I'm all, all spot bag, sure, but I'm out. My uh, my bathroom's still getting getting worked on. The guy took a little break. He uh he's got a he's got a home down in Florida that he needed to go tend to for a few weeks. And hmm. uh, then just he comes sounds back. Like a vacation, bro. Yeah, he's going on a little vacay. <clears throat> he uh, come back. He'll do. I think he's got like a another mirror to put up some lighting and then paint when we're done. Uh, oh, he's got some closets to fix. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's never ending when you're the homeowner yeah the thing is like i i uh like i was saying i i have a i need a medium-sized house i still have a small house yeah but but like uh, what square foot like what are we talking office. about here? uh like 2900 i think yeah i have like a 3000 square foot apartment me and my wife and i'm like dude i'm fucking got too much floor space dude i don't know what to do with it yeah yeah 
the cleaner comes. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Fuck no, dude. I'm gonna stay at home, dads with no kids, bro. I'm good. Yeah. See, I've got uh, a rambunctious. And I have no animals. And two boys. So. Um, and a wife. That's a, that's a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, you need three wife, three k three k square yeah. foot. Yeah, we need bigger. She wants six. <laughs> that dude. I have three, and the fucking maid comes once a week and does a deep clean, and it's dirty in like three days. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Imagine the animals and kids. It's three now. I'm a single guy, and I got like 25, maybe 24. And uh, my parents are like, you should downsize. I'm like, well, you can. I already used up all my space. I, <laughs> I need more space. I need more space, dude. I converted my basement to a science here? lab. Why do? Why does a human okay, need time in the basement? I don't know. Will Smith, bro. Yeah. Will Smith. Uh, more like uh, I'm trying to think what the movie's called. <laughs> I am legend. <laughs> now there's this movie about these people that go to a, like uh, they they think they're gonna go to some festival in Europe, but they end up. Oh, hostile. Uh, ho- no, mm. it's not. Yeah, hostile. my base is kind of like hostile. hostile. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> what are you doing there? You, you're actually. Well, have you ever seen the movie center? Saw? Mm-hmm. Yeah, his is mm-hmm. more like Saw. That's mm-hmm. what his basement mm-hmm. kind of reminds This is more like an escape games. room, you know? It's like the mm-hmm. Saw version of Saw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mine has uh, a no bunch of children toys. And then uh, <laughs> I have a whole wall that's dedicated to Nerf guns. You oh, may yeah. have seen it on... I didn't post it on Reddit. I posted it on Twitter, but I found it on Reddit. People people using it. People love um, that, too. So, Did you ever get into, yeah. like, Airsoft and Paintball and all that shit? Uh, not uh, paintball. We go paintball. We've gone paintballing a few times. Like I was really into it when I was a kid, but now older, um, I've only gone a couple of times. Uh, real regular guns, couch, no. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Real regular guns. guns and, and Nerf guns is more, more up our alley. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Oh, got a lot of right, surfboards. Guys. That's about it. Later, yeah. I don't surf anymore where I'm at. I think there's one guy that, that does it. Um, like out here when it gets starts getting a bit colder and like I don't know why I don't even know how you would like th- there's not really areas to surf on the lake. You ever see that uh, turp turp uh, Jesus Christ turp tarp surfing? They fucking skate through like the blue the hundred foot blue tarps. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> they need come to surf on. that bad that they yeah. put on plastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. classic, classic. Yep, it's been fun. Uh, I've got a today we'll be putting up two videos, so um, we'll have this one go live on YouTube and everywhere else. I'll also be posting our uh, Sanko interview we had last night with Blaze Bison and Dew. Um, we'll be streaming all these now live to Twitter, Twitch, as well as Sanko TV. So if you are MySpace. a Arbitrum. No, dude, have you used Sanko yet? Have you checked that out? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, dude, I'm a little bit retarded. Um, no. All right, it's just like a, we'll, we'll keep it plain and simple. It's just like a crypto Arbitrum native uh, Twitch. I'm in. Um, I'm so, here. yeah, now we're, we're broadcasting there too. I'll, I'll send you a thing so you can sign up if you want to stream yourself there. Yeah, yeah, let Thanks me everyone ref for joining. link me. I'll ref link you, baby. It's been great. Oh, I'll catch you later, you boys, you girls. Later, Adios. Have a good weekend.